You are now listening to the Hexgrid Heroes Podcast Network. For sci-fi, Pokemon, high fantasy or horror, check us out wherever you get podcasts and online at hexgridheroes.com. All right, I'm going to start things out by asking sort of a fun question for you guys, my Pathfinder scholars. What is the name of the sun in the Pathfinder setting? Fuck, I have no idea. I don't know, but I want to say it has something to do with Saren Ray because that's technically where she resides on the material plane. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good. Uh, I only ask because I knew the answer. Uh, the Lashunta, the uh, antenna kind of mantis race, call it Mataras, the burning mother. And it was just kind of a fun little thing. And I think I may, I may try to do that with a couple episodes, like ask you guys a little fun Pathfinder conversion questions. But uh, anyway... <laughs> Back into it. Uh, last time, okay. Akim Razur and Knight Lieutenant Rhapsody traveled to the asteroid field known as the Diaspora. There, they refilled supplies and gathered intel for their mission to Triaxis, and the pair shared a dance in the comfort of uh, Akim's secret hideaway base before going to bed. The next day, they set back out and bumped into a stranger who seemed to be curious about the comings and goings of the little ship. Rhapsody positively rattled that spacer with her commanding presence and thwarted their first chance at starship combat. After a day and a half in drift, the uh, small shuttle belonging to Akim popped back into the material plane a safe distance from the technical sixth planet of the Pack World Star System. Now, slid hiding amongst the debris, Triaxis hangs in the void of space between them, deep blue oceans contrasting sharply against the green and white of the land masses. Now, my question for you guys is, what did you guys do for that day and a half? Um, If I remember correctly, we were going over mission reports, looking for information of where this, we might start looking for this man. Mm -hmm. A planet's Uh, a big place to try to find somebody. Yep. Um, And through your research, you weren't able to find much other than they uh, kind of left a trail of destruction wherever they went. It's going to take a little bit of uh, detective work to uh, unravel exactly where. Uh, Akim, what did you do? Were you just going over mission reports as well? Um, yeah, basically because at, at this point, uh, they hadn't had the the smoothest of journeys. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, he'll be going over the mission reports, going over any details. Uh, and I think also um, putting together maybe anything he might know about Triaxis, where they're heading. That's perfect. Uh, so yeah, you're through the mission reports. You're able to glean that uh, this person, um, Fiff, I remember the last name at least. Fiff was a a, no, a noted scientist. He had uh, some radical ideas of pushing the boundaries of science, and uh, he was summarily uh, repressed. Like his funding wasn't given the full credit. He wasn't. His projects weren't getting pushed all the way through. So uh, he's broken apart from the uh, science guild on EOX and is on the run. Uh, there were allegations that he was interrupting uh, supply transportations. Uh, there was talks of him uh, robbing morgues and uh, mortuaries for the dead for his uh, heinous experiments. And not much of a trail has been seen other than there, there have been some reports on the infosphere about uh, morgues being broken into and bodies being displaced. 
normally that's just it's not unheard of for things to happen like that but because of what you're doing any of these have to be taken with the uh most most sincerest uh urgency so and do yes, we you... know where the science guild itself is because that seems like a good place to get some base information on him uh, the, the Science Guild is uh, based out of EOX, and they gave all the pertinent information that they were allowed to give. That's where the okay. redacted file was. They are, uh, EOX being a, a world, uh, it's generally uh, disregarded by civilized society. It's, it's a planet full of the undead. So they don't really let just anyone in. They sent out exactly what they were legally obligated to uh, provide for other people to do the research for but any names and stuff were redacted and locations were withheld. But uh, it's reasonable to assume Eox just has this hive mind of brilliant thinkers on Eox itself. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's where you're at. You just know that on Triaxis, there have been reports of similar things that led to the revelation that Fifth was uh, doing some heinous stuff. But uh, as you're floating above Triaxis, you're, there's just there's general space debris. There's nothing dangerous you need to worry about. Uh, you said, Akin, that you were doing research on Triaxis itself. Uh, yeah. Give me a computer's check computer. plus your Karina bonus to see what okay. you learned about it on the Infosphere. So that's going to be a total of plus five. Mm -hmm. And I think I've set the things where you can see what I roll. Oh, that's a 15. Oh, I trust you. Yeah. Okay. So 15, uh, Triaxis. Uh, Karina kind of chimes into the, uh, the, the comms in the ship. Triaxis, also known as the Wanderer, has a very bizarre orbit around the sun, such that a single revolution takes 317 Absalom standard years. Currently deep into a winter cycle, the predominant races on this planet, the Rhyphorians and Dragonkin, have to adapt either naturally through the race's evolution or by magical or technical means. As you can see, the glacier fields at the north and southern poles are massive, so much so that the southern one, called the Encroach, is brushing against the southern land island continents. It will be like this for some years now, but when springtime comes, the world is going to be a soggy mess as they recede back. Politically, the world of Triaxis is a quagmire, Definitely a member of the Pact Worlds Alliance, however, huge swaths of the planet buck against organizations, a natural reaction when dragons are involved. In those areas, the winged overlords rule their plots of land with a scaly iron fist. Ruling more as corporations than any antiquated kingdom, their rule is still absolute. Constantly changing, scheming, and growing, these drakes and their interests run the gamut from medical breakthrough research to arms dealers. Akim, I feel you may like to know Abadar Corps is constantly trying and failing to establish a foothold in this market. Due to obvious factors, it is quite hard to negotiate trade deals with beings that can breathe fire. That's good to know, at least. We shouldn't have too much problem from the locals, then. Well, I guess our first line of business needs to be uh, getting clearance to land. Uh, that shouldn't be too hard, and... If all else fails, we just go land somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Uh, as you uh, make your way into the atmosphere, uh, give me a piloting check. Piloting. Uh, can I... You said that 
at one point mm -hmm. and, and uh that ever like so many times per like a, a certain amount of time i can use my ai's bonus to oh that's a, uh, uh, in battle you can definitely use your computer to aid you and stuff outside of combat you can absolutely use her uh computer bonus for your piloting okay so i use it instead <laughs> okay like I'm, I'm asking, it's instead, not in addition. Oh, right? um, she's a she's a plus two computer, right? I think you would just get the plus two. Uh, the computer on my ship is a plus four bonus. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can use you can use the uh computer to augment your role plus your piloting. Yeah, I'll allow that. Oh, okay. yeah, that's fine. Makes sense to me anyway. Do do do. My piloting is a two, so uh, fifteen plus four will be nineteen. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I would just like to point out I'm a better pilot than you are when you are <laughs> I, a ship. I, I I I know you are. <laughs> okay. But I... so uh, with the nineteen, you're able to uh, kind of skirt around the debris. Uh, uh, unlike Absalom Station, there's not a giant fleet of starship vessels here to navigate around. It's just it was. I wanted to see how well you navigated through the debris field, and as you hit the atmosphere, uh, an alert pops up on your computers. Oh, great! Akim, we are getting oh, an urgent comm from the spaceport city of Samora. Do you want to access? Uh, yes. Patching through. We are being over. Thought it was going to be the last of the night, so started shutting down early please anyone in the please aid and static ends the message and on your nav computer that alert shows the coordinates for Kimura um give me a give me that I'll, I'll roll you that computer's check over for you since it was it was pretty good uh Kimura is a uh, city state very militaristic it's uh, located uh, so Karina will chime back in. Kimura is a militaristic city-state located in the Allied territories near the equator of the planet. In it, largely it is militaristic to the degree that every citizen is known to carry arms to protect themselves by the denizens of the jungle to the southwest. Sounds like trouble. Yeah, get me down there. You think our... Well, regardless then, Karina, bring us down. Okay. And I'm going to let you roll over that terrific piloting check to uh, get you down into the atmosphere. Uh, there's there's nothing real worrisome in the skies. Actually, yeah, I'm not going to say you run into a dragon in the, in the clouds. Uh, <laughs> as you fly down, you start gliding over this walled and turreted city, and you see that it's still nighttime in this part of the world. Uh, light snow is falling, and, but from where the coordinates are taking you to the southwest corner of the settlement, you do see blaster fire. And it's right next to a uh, landing pad by the gate. As you make a piloting check to see how well you land, you see a 12-foot uh... tall steel gate with a hole ripped out of it, and the lights of the skull and tones as you see two large shapes squeezing through. So... So, what do these large shapes look like? Like big slimy things? Like big lizard things? Big people things? Big, large, mechanically large size furry things. Is there a check I could 
make to perhaps know what they are? Uh, you're still a little far. Uh... Yeah, I'll just let you. He tells. Well, he tells you to make the piloting check to set the yeah. plane down. Oh, Maybe yeah. once yeah. we're on the ground, we yes. can see something. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, give me a piloting check to see how well you're able to uh, zip in and just plop yourself on this uh, landing pad. It's it's open, it's clear, but it is kind of a snow a light snowstorm is blowing through. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, raw die is seven on the die, plus um, six for Karina plus me. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be thirteen. Okay. Do you have a plus zero? No, I got plus two. Oh, okay. The four and the two made the six. Okay, I got you. So yeah, yeah. yeah with the thirteen, uh, the DC was only like ten. It's not a difficult check. I just wanted to see if you're gonna nat one it and uh, nosedive. Uh, <laughs> You are able to uh, place yourself fine. This landing pad is empty besides you, but as you park it, you point Karina to uh, the skull and tones towards it, and the lights do really show these creatures. Um, give me a perception check before I move on to the knowledge check. As you're sitting in the... That's wonderful. Okay. I got a 12. Uh, okay. I got a seven. Okay. Uh, actually, it's better that Rhapsody made the check because you're kind of in the gunner seat. Uh, right now, with that perception, Rhapsody, you feel you could get a shot off and hit one of these, but you aren't 100% certain that any uh, damage you do wouldn't also harm the existing structure around it or hit uh, the, the bodies that are kind of uh, running up to the gate. And with that perception, right. you do, you, with both of them, you do see, because of the lights are right on there, you see a uh, group of bo- uh, group of group of bodies, a uh, group of three people charging up towards this gate. But uh, All right, so is, can we make a check on the creature itself? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a physical science check as uh, you are powering. Okay. I that. don't have physical science. Do you, Sean? Uh, do, 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 do. Physical science. Yes, I do. Cool. Give me that, please. Uh, 17. Okay. Uh, with the 17, uh, with the research you did on the computer uh, with Karina, you know that's called a Renonac, a vampiric, brown-furred, bear-like race that are uh, indigenous to the jungles to the southwest of this area, but they look off. Normally, their fangs aren't that large. And before I send you a picture of what the monster looks like, I want to detail what the people with that check. Let me tell you, um, uh, you know, it's a large animal. Uh, They have a bite attack and a claw attack. And uh, if they get a bite off, um, they do a bit of a, not an energy drain where you lose levels, but energy drain where you take more damage and you're kind of poisoned. Okay. Okay? Um, Um, Go ahead. uh, But these are animals, though. They're not like people. Nope. These are uh, animals. Yeah, these are animals. Okay. Uh, low intelligence. I don't have their... I didn't write down their, their ability score numbers, but no, just a low intelligence, just animal. Not sentient at all, but these things are known to prey on this area specifically, and that's why uh, this city is so walled up and so uh, armed with all their uh, sentries and turrets. Okay, so can I ask a question? Yes. The uh, ship we're on... Does mm-hmm. it have the ability to uh, kind of like a loudspeaker or something outside? Uh, I leave that to Akim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It's a flying boombox. What well, do you think? then you should announce to the people running up to attack these things to move back so I can shoot it with the guns from the ship without hitting them. That's what I think. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, what did you say this region was called again? Uh, this is called the Alloy Allied Territories. If you're looking at the map, it's on the uh, it's on the right hand side, uh, bottom left. Kamora, K-A-M-O-R-A. Kamora. Do you see the okay, uh, see. the compass? Okay, it's to the left. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I have to turn my head to the left. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. So did I. Uh, and I was holding the phone. So yeah, so I'm she, dumb. She, uh, yeah, Rhapsody. Can, go for darling, it. Uh, get those people away from from the creatures, and I I can use the guns on them. Uh, I'll turn on I'll turn on the the PA. <laughs> uh, citizens of Camora, get the fuck out of the way if you don't want to get fried. So the three beings that were running up stop, look up, look at each other, and they they, they slowly back away from the area as they look on at a uh, as they look on at the at the monsters charging at them. Uh, you're going to be able to get one shot off before I'm going to have to start initiative, Rhapsody. All right. Go ahead and fire. How do I do that with a gunship? Okay. Now. I did not anticipate you doing that exact thing. So there is a specific sequence. I'm going to learn things. Yay. Yep. Okay. okay. I know that yep. the damage is 2d6 times 10. Yes. So you are going to do a shit ton of damage. Okay, attacking. A gunnery check is a d20 plus your BAB. Plus my BAB? Or your ranks in piloting if the piloting ranks are higher. Not your total, okay. your ranks. Let me find where my BAB is. That would be a good thing. Okay. My BAB uh, uh, Level 2, you should be you sh it, the soldier should have a 2 BAB. Yes, you're correct. And my, my piloting is 5. So How many? No, uh, ranks. I think you could only oh, have 2 ranks. Oh, okay. Yeah. The ranks, not the overall so then yes the, okay so yeah my piloting has only got one rank in it okay so we're going right. to use a d20 plus your bab plus two so plus, uh, plus yeah okay so i rolled okay, so... i rolled a 16. okay so we're getting the plus two for my bab which will bring okay. it to 18. okay plus your dex modifier which is one for 19. okay plus any bonuses from the computer systems uh did karina uh aid you in this shot uh, does Karina respond to me or is she Occam only thing? Oh no, you, you guys had a little conversation uh, back in Occam's base, so she is an AI. You can converse with her just as well if you okay. wanted her to, uh, so, to yeah, assist. So we can do that then. Okay. And that'll bring it to a 21. Okay. In, in uh, I don't know. I don't yep. know Karina's bonus, so. Uh, it'd be a plus uh, four, four, right? Oh, yeah. so 23. Okay, a 23, uh, that definitely hits because this is an energy weapon, right? It's a mining laser? Uh, it's a laser net. Laser net, okay. So, uh, go ahead and roll damage. You definitely hit okay, a so DAC of 16. 2d6 is seven. Okay. Times what? 10. So 70. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> as a note, uh, 
I'm allowing it because it's really cool and uh, I wanted to teach this moment anyway. Uh, in the rule book, several places, it says uh, you're not really supposed to use starfighters for uh, ground combat sort of thing. And I've, I've heard some podcasts say like, oh, your weapons are disabled in atmosphere. I'm a little more fun than that. I'm going to allow it occasionally. That's why I let you get the one shot off. Right. Uh, you completely obliterate this laser net uh, fires from the uh, four of the uh, skull and tones. And this laser net wraps around this, this bear-like charging monster and just incinerates it. And, yeah, and, and he, like as soon as the shot is off, she's not even watching it. As soon as the shot is off, though, she's up and grabbing her sword and heading out the goddamn ship. Okay, uh, so yeah, uh, that one is dead, dead. And uh, you are landed, you get out, you got the one that was further away, you aimed away from the people. But uh, as you storm out of the back cargo ramp, uh, as you as you bound out of the ship, Akim, are you right behind her? Uh, I'm... I'm going to be behind her, but it's going to take me probably another uh, second. I'm going to pop a portal near the uh, the exit of the ship, and then another okay. one 100 feet in front of the ship towards the area. Okay, uh, you were only about through. 30 feet. Yeah, you, you were about 50 feet away from uh, okay. the next monster. But yeah, if you want to have a portal right there, that's right. Uh, totally cool. Yes. So, uh, so she runs. So you pop a portal as she's barreling down the back. Goes uh, through the it, portal. Uh, from a mechanical standpoint, it's a full mm -hmm. round action, so it'll pop at the beginning of my next turn. Okay. Um, However, you want to do that. I will let this be. I will let that be her surprise action. I'll let this be your surprise action. Is that cool? Go for. Go with me. Yeah, I know it's a full round, but it's a surprise. You weren't really in combat yet, so I'll allow it here. Um, and it'll be fun. Uh, so yeah, you pop this portal and uh, Rhapsody. You know, you know Occam's tactics. You just barrel right through and you <laughs> pop out right outside. Uh, you are 50 feet away. You are about 15 feet still away from the uh, remaining monster. The uh, the charred remains uh, of the other one uh, lay stinking, burning on the uh, street floor. But uh, as you as you pop out of this portal, um, you see behind the portal three beings slowly walk up armed with weapons and uh, making up this little party running up, the very shocked is a, uh, a golden winged dragonkin wielding a pair of pistols, a white furred alien with pointed and notched ears breathing heavily holding a really big gun, and a hooded half elf uh, holding a uh, lethal looking spear. Uh, Akim I'm still in the ship yeah, you're still in the ship. Uh, well, you can see through the viewport. You see him running up in the lights. Uh, this is a Rhyphorian, a uh, a kind of humanoid dragon-related thing. Basically, a Rhyphorian is what happens when dragons and humanoids mate, and then uh, evolution gets to have a few million years to play with the genes. <laughs> so they are long ago, they were once half dragons. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and a dragon kid... Descendant of Drophon... Ha, yeah. I'm kidding. I liked it. Oh, well, I guess because I know what a Drophon is. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, you see these guys, uh, the Dragonkin with two pistols, the Rhyphorian has that really big gun, and the Half-Elf has this ugly-looking spear, uh, and charging at the at all of you now, as uh, Rhapsody makes that little quip to those three, uh, the remaining uh, gangrenous-looking bear-like creature, now that you're on the ground floor, you can see him right up next to it. You see 
vicious fangs hanging out, eyes blackened with rage. And uh, as you draw out your sword, uh, roll for initiative, everyone. Initiative. I get a 17 because I actually rolled well for initiative. My initiative sucks. I get a 10. Two net ones in a row. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, <laughs> and that thing gets okay. Akin, what did you get? Ten. Okay. And Rhapsody. Seventeen. Nice. Okay, so top of the round is this monster, and uh, you guys are experienced gamers. I don't have to worry about a map, so this is going to be theater of the mind. This monster is up first, and it just barrels right at Rhapsody and. It's going to uh, get one attack off with a claw. So. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm about to bust out something new that um, my players don't even know about yet. I got. So, claw attack is against my KAC, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And uh, a little gift to myself that I got uh, for Black Friday from Paizo I have crit and fumble cards. <laughs> cool. He just rolled a crit, uh, rolled a fumble. So, let's see what damage is done. Okay. Oh, that's not a good one. Um, it's a kinetic attack. Uh, fumble. Me think me am okay. You take a minus five penalty to intelligence checks and intelligence-based skill checks until healed. So, this thing isn't going to be making any intelligence checks for a while. <laughs> it is. <isn't, isn't, laughs> as it runs up and swipes down at you, it just kind of trips and bang, uh, uh, pops its head against the ground and it's kind of prone right now. So that was the monster. The Ranoneck, in case I neglected to say earlier. Next up is the the Raforian, the white-furred alien with the, the big-ass gun. His name, he doesn't say anything, so he hasn't said his name yet. He silently grins and pulls up his uh, large weapon and fires it. And what he's got is considered a uh, heavy weapon is a tactical roto laser uh, a roto laser it's a uh, much is the same as an auto beam artillery but this has a uh, an array of barrels that start to spin like a gatlin gun that release short laser blasts so he's got a laser gatlin gun and he just fires at this prone thing so he's going to get a bonus to hit uh he doesn't need it uh 16 plus 6 so 22 to hit that's a D8 of damage. Seven points of damage for the Rananek. And he just stands where he is and he looks uh, at Rhapsody and he grins and he looks at the portal and is kind of puzzled for a minute. Next up is Rhapsody. All right, so this this seven foot tall woman is just going to kind of roar at this beast. Okay. And then slash down at it with her sword. Awesome. Okay, uh, it's prone, so you'll get a bonus to hit. Okay, well, I rolled a 19. Okay, you definitely hit. Uh, so, and my longsword gets plus four to begin with, so mm -hmm. we got all kinds of hitting up in there. Mm -hmm. And it's a D8 okay. of slashing damage, and I rolled a six. Okay. Um, And then we get, to, do I add my strength like we do in Pathfinder? You do, yes. So it's a six plus two is eight. Okay, another eight points. As you as you bury this longsword, this is your um, 
analog long sword with yes. no, nothing special to it. As you dig it deep into its fur, it, it moans out in pain as it's still crumpled onto the ground. Uh, next up is Akim. You are in the ship still. <clears throat> All right, so uh, Akim's going to uh, grab Karina the gun mm -hmm. and uh, run through the portal. Okay. Uh, and through the portal, he's right there. The creature's within 15 feet. Mm -hmm. He's uh, pulled a trigger. Boom. Okay, cool. Uh, so that needs um, a reflex save? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, because you are using Karina the gun. She is a sonic street sweeper. And uh, yeah, uh, I need to do a reflex save. Ooh, reflex when prone. 16, 14. Uh, okay. Okay, you know what? I may have to do a little bit of math. So the reflex of this is a six. So 22. I forget what the prone bonus is, but I feel like it's still going to make it. So it's still going to take half damage, right? Is what we decided? Yeah. Okay, so she will, uh, this thing will take uh, half damage because 16 plus 6 is 22. I mean, unless it's a minus 5 for prone, I, I'll look. I didn't think there'd be. Uh, even then, it would still pass because that would be 17. Oh, My DC okay. is 14. Okay, so I got 22. DC is 14. Okay, so yeah, unless it's a minus A for prone, I'm going to say she passes uh, this this. I call it a she. So I guess this Randaneck is a, is a female Randaneck. Uh, I'll say she passed, so she'll take half damage. Okay, so the full damage was nine. Okay. So, so the half damage will be four. Yep. Yeah, yeah. you do round down in uh, Starfinder with damage. So, okay, this thing is looking hurt. It. Uh, so, uh, and Karina is a Sonic Sweeper, so this looks like, like a wave of uh, sound vibrations pounding into it, right? Yeah, it's just like a uh, pulse shock wave mm -hmm. that uh, super bassy. Uh, he's just got like just a probably like a, a saw wave going through it right now. Okay, yeah, this is hurting. It's it's still prone. Uh, <laughs> it's real bad when uh, you're at the top of the round and you're knocked prone. You just gotta wait for <laughs> everyone else. So next up will be the uh, the half elf. And uh, she's got her hood up. She's got her spear. And uh, she's going to take a look at you guys and just stand there, stab her spear, into, or lean her spear up against herself, hold out both hands, and cast Magic Missile. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Starfinder, or correct me if Pathfinder is different, but in Starfinder, if you don't take a move action, you actually get three missiles. That uh, is completely different. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Uh, if it you move, has you nothing get... to do with that in Pathfinder. Okay, yeah. Uh, in Starfinder, if you move, you get two missiles. In um, Starfinder, if you don't move, you get a third. So cool. Let me make sure that the damage isn't changed, because now I'm second-guessing myself. You can cast a spell as a full action. If you do, you fire three missiles instead of two, is what it is. So, uh, this thing is going in Magic Missile, again, also always hits in Starfinder. That hasn't changed. But it has a D4 plus one force damage each. Is that the same? Uh, yeah, okay. that's the same. One, three, five, plus three is eight points of damage as these uh, purple mystical magic missiles come forth from uh, an area around her hand and stab deep into this thing. It takes eight points of further damage. 
this thing is bloodied and it's still laying on the ground as uh the dragonkin uh <laughs> cocks her pistols together and uh just smiles and takes off into the air and she flies up 30 feet and fires with one of her pistols uh this is gonna look like a red laser coming down as she fires nice her flame pistol okay two plus nine is 11 that does not hit its eac so uh this this flame pistol just bursts down and it hits the the concrete ground and the whole area is kind of bathed in a, in a fiery light now. You have the glaring lights from the sentry towers above you, but now this mm-hmm. this red glow to everything is it's... Uh, oh, you know what? And, you know, it's not level five, so the dragonkin has to uh, land. So she flew up. I said 30, so she's going to slam back down because I'm a fucking idiot and uh, take a little bit of damage. Oh, you know what? I'm going to see if she can do an acrobatics to avoid it. Okay, plus 10. Okay, uh, so she'll take four points of damage as she superhero lands down because uh, her GM forgot that until you're level five, you have to land at the end of your turn. So she slams back down, still both pistols trained on this vampiric bear at the top of the round. The Rannanix stands up, but uh, as it stands up, I believe that provokes. Yay! <laughs> And it'll just provoke from uh, Rhapsody, but that could be all she needs. So as Randonek, the Randonek stands up to its full height of six feet, it's still not so, tall enough <laughs> to combat. Does a 20 hit? Uh, EAC, yes. Definitely hits. So five plus my two is seven. Okay. Uh, seven points of damage. This thing is looking very bad as your sword cuts deep into it and it's gonna just do an unearthly scream right in your face and try and claw down on you again. Oh, Rhapsody will scream back. <laughs> okay. She'll, she'll, she'll get in a roaring contest with this bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, 9 plus 11. 20, not natural. 20 matches my KAC. Okay, yeah. So this one will actually get through and claw down. And you're including your shield bonus? Uh, I, I believe so. Let okay. me let me look. That where is that? Okay, that's weapons. Trying to find stuff on the sheet. Yep. Okay, armor. Yes, because uh, it has both my uh, oh. eight from my uh, armor and my one from my shield figured into it. Okay. Okay. So this does uh, is able to rake through, and you have your shield up. So I'm going to say like. It reaches down and claws at your shield for um, 13 points of damage. Damn. And it kind of like gets past your shield and slashes down and uh, gets your arm. uh, Yeah, 13 points. So that comes off my stamina though, correct? Yes. All right. Okay. And uh, immediately after that is the uh, the Rhyphorian. He uh, he's he sees that you're kind of in the way, so he's going to move. He's going to move around, uh, worried he's going to hit you with his big ass Gatlin gun. Throw it down, walk up the survival knife, and uh, overhand stab at its thigh with a survival knife. Rhapsody likes this man. <laughs> uh, Nineteen, I think that hits its KAC. Okay, 
It's only a D4, because uh, it's just a knife. Three points of damage as uh, this as he buries this knife deep into its leg and pulls it out and just looks at you, does like a weird little huff as uh, it's it's hot as his hot breath comes out in vapor. And this thing is looking really bad, but it's now on its feet. It won't be taking so many penalties. It is now your turn, Rhapsody. So she ain't real happy about getting hit. Mm-hmm. But roll. Oh, shit! Did you get okay. a 20? Yes, yes, okay. for a total of 24. Okay. Do I have to confirm crits in this or? No, no, no. Uh, okay, you, you only have to confirm now because, so I was wrong before in an episode of uh, the core group. You don't have to confirm as long as uh, the number still hits the uh, AC. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So but- weapons are default times two, I take it? Uh, your your weapon should have a thing on there in the box about criticals. I don't think your longsword has anything though, but I did just draw right. a card. So you did kinetic damage. Uh, crit effect. The attack has the line weapon special property. I don't think that does anything. No, that that won't do anything this time. You'll still you'll just take double damage. Okay. Um, so uh, and do I double my strength as well, or just the sword damage? Uh, both. Uh, Add it all up and double it. So uh, it's four on the die, so it's six total, so 12 double. Okay, it exactly had 12 HP left, so how do you kill this thing? Probably just want to cut off its fucking arm that it hit me with. Okay. <laughs> any, uh, any flourishes, any weird spins, or is it just a... No, uh, she's very, very uh, practical about mm-hmm. her swordsmanship. She doesn't really do much fancy stuff, but it's like, you hit me with that hand, you lose that hand. (laughs) All right. Uh, So yeah, you kill it. Uh, Its arm flops down and it falls down, uh, succumbing to its wounds. Wounds, not its wounds. Uh, (laughs) The uh, half-elf walks up to you after the uh, the Rhyphorian looks at you, grins, and wordlessly goes back to its gun, picks it up, and is standing at the ready. But the half-elf walks up behind you and puts a hand on your shoulder, Thank you, travelers, for your timely assistance. We were prepared to head out at first light, but it seems our quarry has done the courtesy of delivering themselves unto our might. Does anyone need attended to? No, I'm good. I'll be okay. Uh, uh, you, sir. Yes. You you took no damage, but are, are you well? You, you came screaming in. I was worried you were going to crash. No, we're quite all right. Thank you. We got a distress signal. Uh, the signal was broken, but uh, it came from this area. Yes, yes, that was us. That There were supposed to be guards here, but I don't see anyone. Those sentry towers were supposed to be manned, but there's no one there. And there's no sign of struggle, so I, I don't know what's going on. Give me a perception check as you guys are standing there and she's talking to you both. Uh, perception. Mm-hmm. That 19. Great. Uh, eight. Okay, uh, Rhapsody, you see this because you were you were standing uh, in battle next to each other. Oh yeah, you would have had a further bonus because you were flanking with the Rhyphorian. The, uh, the the Rhyphorian and the, the Dragonkin are just looking at each other's eyes, just no words and just breathing. With that perception, uh, you you see that. Do you have culture? Ah, uh, let me look. That is a good question. I do. Okay, give me a culture check real quick as you're looking at them, just staring at each other. 
Uh, 17. Oh, yeah. Uh, with that culture check, the Rhyphorians have a... Uh... Have a have a timeless uh, tradition amongst uh, the dragonkin and the Rhyphorians where they become bonded pairs, where they work together uh, with uh, limited telepathic abilities. It, it takes time. It's think of like you know a fantasy trope is the dragon riders. Right. This is uh, kind of a holdover from that, but it's kind of evolved as the the centuries and millennia have gone on. So uh, they still have telepathic bonds with uh, the dragonkin and the Rhyphorians. Dragonkin can form this bond with other races, but uh, Rhyphorians are kind of like their... Not, I don't want to say soulmates as in a romantic thing. They're not always romantic. It's a, Oftentimes, it's just kind of like how Rhapsody and Akim just know each other sort of thing. Right. So, um, and uh, another thing you, you got with that culture check is with the Rhyphorians, they're what's called uh, trimorphic. Uh, being in this planet with its very strange uh, revolution that physical science check I had Occam do earlier it takes 317 standard years for one evolution of this planet so uh, I think it was you you were saying a couple weeks ago that you were excited to go on a planet with a regular day night cycle right they have a di regular day night cycle but their year cycle is completely fucked up uh, so right now in the last um couple generations has all has all been in the winter so these are all winter born Rhyphorians so they'll have the white fur they'll have the cold resistance five actually and uh, this will go on uh, whatever generation or whatever season a Rhyphorian is born into that's where they get uh, like genetically that's that's what happens and there are uh, horm uh, genetic treatments you can do to where you can resemble a summer born and then there's transitional race that's kind of they're born in the spring or fall of the different you know in that in that weird gap between so uh this is a winter born Rhyphorian. he has cold resist five uh and they just naturally have that uh, also if uh my culture check if mm -hmm. my culture check would get me any knowledge about their religious traditions symbols or famous leaders mm -hmm. that is reduced the check is reduced by five for me Okay, uh, they do not, you do not see any religious symbol on him. Um, I didn't really prepare it. And I looked up uh, Pathfinder Dragon Gods and none of those Dragon Gods translated over, which I thought was weird. So uh, they, they kind of worship the same gods the rest of the Pack World Pantheons would do, but there may be like a, a Supreme Dragon God that they keep to themselves or something like that. But uh, all you see on these guys is uh, military ranks and military insignias of just a, a dragon wing underneath a, uh, a mountain or atop a mountain. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they're just staring at each other. And with your culture check, uh, you now, you know that they're having a telepathic conversation privately. Well, I think Rhapsody was, go is just going to hold her hand out to the half elf that's standing near her mm -hmm. and introduce herself. Um, she's just like, uh, I'm Knight Lieutenant Rhapsody. Knight Lieutenant. My name is Tybeson Magfina. I do not hold much rank. I am just an advanced scout of the Camoran Guard. So you think there may be more trouble here, though, darling? Uh, we should not have had any further incursions. It's getting to be uh, almost dawn now. They usually attack at night. I don't know why we weren't alerted. We, I'll need to contact my commander and figure out what happened. Find out where your missing people are. 
Uh, well, as you're uh, standing in the gore from this battle and uh, you're shaking hands, uh, the sun's starting to kind of just peek over the horizon and you kind of get a better look at Kimura itself. It's a very kind of, you know, you, you see one uh, spaceport in the packed worlds. You kind of see a lot of them. It's uh, uh, prefab walls, prefab ground. Uh, this one has those sentry towers that are unoccupied. Um, and the, uh, the <laughs> now the, uh, the Rhyphorian and the Dragonkin are animatedly gesticulating at each other as they're having their uh, private telepathic discussion. Um, well, I guess we'll need to go with the, the half-elf lady. Anyhow, she said there were supposed to be people basically manning the the gates and stuff and there's not so we got missing folks to look for mm-hmm. so yeah she'll uh, she'll hold up a hand and uh, pull out a comm and uh, walk aside and uh, have a conversation she's kind of hushed but she's just you can pick up pieces of it just you know, there was an attack what do we do and then uh, she finishes the call puts it back in her uh, shoulder harness I guess and <laughs> walks back up I've reported my high commander they should be here within the hour uh, so, yeah, as you're standing there, um, the dragonkin just uh, dejectedly just walks away from the Rhyphorian and goes, walks away. It's uh, it's not it's not physically wounded, but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's smarted as it landed down on the ground and the Rhyphorian just stands there glowering at them, walks back over to the half-elf uh, Tybizen and starts uh, speaking in sign language. And Tybizen will respond back uh, vocally what your exchange was and he'll just kind of... St- Stomp off after uh, seeing that and go and talk to the dragonkin again. I'd like to do a culture check on the symbol with the uh, wing in the mountain. Sure. Give me culture check. Uh, 15, or if it's related to my icon status, 20. Okay. Uh, what's your icon status again? Could you remind me? Uh, DJ. No, okay, no, I thought you I thought it was like specifically to do with pirates and stuff, or is that something else? Oh, uh it it has it has to do I'm a space pirate DJ, so mm-hmm. uh that might have to do. Yeah, I okay. Yeah. Sorry. I can tell you it has nothing to do with pirates. Um uh, that is the the sigil of uh City Kamora and uh the the yeah, the militia group. Uh with that culture check though, you got fifteen? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the 15 you know that this city state it's it's all one it, it's in the it's in the quote-unquote country area of the allied allied territories but uh this city state in particular is known for its militaristic views uh all children are um not for well forced but they are uh, expected to uh serve in the militia and kind of their their whole thing is you know they're right next to this jungle sometimes they have to you know be ready to attack at any time so even as children they're trained to be warriors so it's just uh, the military insignia of the the group okay well while we're waiting for her uh commander peoples to show up Mm -hmm. can i spend a resolve to get my stamina back absolutely yeah so yeah the 10 minutes you guys are standing there the dragonkin is kind of doing the same thing she goes and Give me a perception check, uh, Rhapsody, since you were closer. Actually, no, both of you give me perception checks as uh, as you guys are taking this 10-minute break. Well, I rolled a nat one, <laughs> so okay. I'm figuring I don't see much of anything. That uh, only gives me a uh, three. Dirty 20. Okay, uh, with your three, uh, you notice that uh, the dragonkin is uh, 
not bleeding anywhere, uh, but the dirty 20 with you, Akim, uh, you, you are, uh, you're, you're a shrewd observer. You, you know, you know how people are going to re react. You kind of live life on the edge and you need to be ready to like balance at a moment's notice. So you kind of good with body language, I feel. And, uh, with that dirty 20, you, you realize that she's sulking right now. She's kind of pouting and, uh, nursing her wounds silently as, uh, as the kind of morning starts to drag on a little bit, but, uh, 10 minutes is as long as the resolve takes. So a 10 minute break is the resolve. Your stamina is fully returned and uh, the sun has ri risen a little bit more, but in the distance, you're starting to hear this, uh, the, the universal sound of emergency vehicles uh, swarming around in the sky and uh, they, they come upon you and land uh, within minutes. Uh, and as they land, uh, beings in stark white smocks kind of just pour out and start attending uh, everyone, checking over uh, the, the bodies of the, uh, the two monsters and they just bag them up. But uh, as they stand there, they, they touch base with the, the military people and they just kind of wave them off. They're good. But um, a, a, a dwarf man comes up to you guys and says, are any of you harmed in that battle? I'm fine, darling. I didn't take a hit. I'm all right. Well, we got word that there was an attack. Usually people die from these things, but it just looks like the monsters took the beating this time. I wish we'll, uh, <laughs> turns back, looks at all the, like, the crisscross scorch marks all over the, like, the big wall and just, like... Uh, yes, uh, we only had to deal with one, really. Oh, that's not my job. <laughs> At that, he's gonna <laughs> go into uh, uh, go to his gauntlet and just poke a couple buttons, and uh, out of the uh, uh, out of the emergency vehicle just pops out a, a drone, and it starts going along and uh, cleaning up the the blood and the the biological residue. It's not his job to clean up the uh, scorch marks. So the, the drones are kind of just, you know, those old scrubbing bubble commercials. <laughs> just going along, making sure there's no biological fluid laying around and it'll fly back, lodge itself back in, uh, give the uh, soldiers a little two-finger salute with his left hand and uh, board back up and zoom up. But as it's flying away, you hear a, a high-pitched whine coming from the north. A uh, few moments later, and stopping just short of you, a... Uh, Female Rhyphorian dismounts from an inner cycle in resplendent olive armor. Her her white fur is contrasted sharply against this olive green kind of heavy armor. Blood red orb is orbiting around her head as she marches up to you guys. And uh, the soldiers all come like running up to you, standing beside you. And they uh, all stand at attention as she uh, finishes the, the distance between you. I would have... Oh, sorry. No, I just said I wave. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think Rhapsody just her military training would mm -hmm. recognize that somebody important, and she's going to more or less stand at attention as well. Okay. Uh, as she walks up, uh, she offers a salute, and the other soldiers offer a salute. Uh, this isn't just your standard American salute that I'm making up a new one. It's uh, the left arm bends at the chest level, and it's just kind of just like kind of like a fist bump to the side sort of thing they just stand there a moment then they relax and uh she nods at them turns to you so you were able to get a message out splendid i'll have that night watchman brought upon charges of dereliction of duty 
and uh, getting that out of the way, she kind of relaxes a, a touch. Greetings, newcomers. I am High Commander Ichira, steward of the great city of Kamora, and I owe you a debt I shall quickly fulfill. As far as I'm concerned, you owe me nothing. We're here on business. Well, is, uh, yes, we we are here on business, and maybe some debt could be paid in that mind. Eh? Uh, for starters, yes. Consider your docking fees and housing taken care of while you are here. If you'll excuse me, I Excellent. must attend. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> he just mumbles works for me. <laughs> <laughs> but if you'll excuse me, I must attend this grisly scene and make a statement for the press that are undoubtedly already on their way here. Please, take my vehicle to the garrison at the center of town and make yourselves at home. I will be with you when I can. All right. Thanks. Uh, Karina. Yes, Hagen. If there are going to be cameras around, I don't want the ship just sitting around. Uh, take it out to lower orbit. Uh, follow in on my position to the nearest safe landing zone in 12 hours. 12 hours. Uh, understood, Akim. Stay safe. And Rhapsody. Yes, darling. That was damn fine shooting. And the, the engines fire back up and she lifts off and zooms away. Uh, High Commander Achira turns around, looks at you, cocks an uh, eyebrow, and she kind of gives you this look as uh, she offers you free uh, docking and your ship just lifts up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, as a fun little note, uh, I found that from the Pathfinder wiki. That's what in Pathfinder game was called a triaxian. So they've just kind of shifted what that's meant in the thousand, couple thousand years since the gap. So uh, she, she gives that look, gives that look back to you, and she uh, goes back and has a hush conversation with her, uh, with her, with her men, quote unquote. Uh, she'll be back. Don't worry. Very well. She gives you a nod and beckons the three close and had their hush conversation. And uh, in front of you sits an intercycle. It's a, it's a large land vehicle. Uh, two can definitely ride on this, but if uh, I am curious, who's going to pilot this? Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm better with I'm better with small spaceships. Then I guess I will. <laughs> this is small land cycle. Okay. All right. So yeah, uh, you climb aboard. Uh, Akim gets on behind you. It's plenty of room, uh, and I made sure it's passenger plus one. Uh, takes a few minutes as you as you head out. There's a. Oh, I thought I heard something from someone. Uh, oh, you probably heard me roll my dice for my piloting check. Oh, please tell me what your piloting check was as you uh, go through town. Oh, yeah, you smash it. Uh, it's no trouble at all. There's not a whole lot of traffic just yet. Uh, you you zoom along these streets, uh, and you as you leave the uh, kind of landing pad space dock area, you uh, reach a residential section of town, and you start to see people starting their everyday lives. Uh, the morning cries of nesting avians in the snow-covered trees all around greet you as you go along a meticulously managed residential area. Just think suburbia times a thousand because they got the tech for it. Just real proper. Everything has to be just a certain way because this is a very military-minded town. Uh, as you go along this residential area, it's, people start going about their days. Other vehicles join you on the roads. Uh, you leave this residential area behind and there's a checkpointed wall that you come up, but uh, once they see your vehicle and they scan the vehicle, they just quickly wave you on and you 
go through and you're now in a bit of commercial area. Uh, there's shops to the left and right of you and people are trickling in with uh, directories detailing companies at every little intersection. Uh, but as you're looking around, you just see like everyone is on their minding their P's and Q's right now because, you know, they all like, like not Klingon, but I like the way I, I imagine this city and I'm pulling all this from the book basically. Uh, well, the idea of this, I'm, everything else is me, but uh, just, you know, people go to their jobs, they go home, they do their shopping when they need to, when they have a free moment to do so. And it's just, everything's nice and clean. Uh, drones are even out cleaning away the nighttime snow accumulation. And uh, you're just zooming along. Uh, a lot of the shops aren't really open, but you do see people coming and going, uh, wearing very smart looking attire. Even the retail workers have nice little uniforms. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of joking around uh, give me a perception check as you're going around, actually. I got a 16. Okay. 21. Okay. Uh, yeah, you see uh, just the demeanor of this town. is It's not depressed at all. It's just everyone is driven. Everyone is focused. It's They run a tight ship here. And uh, you're going along here. You see the drones making the passes along the walkways to clear whatever, a little bit of snow. Uh, as you're looking around with that perception check, you also notice that the buildings here are massive, but they don't build them very high. And as you're passing along these steel buildings, the hustle and bustle, you know, continues to grow as you make your way further into town. Uh, you notice that for the most part, the population here is Rhyphorian and Dragonkin. And in fact, it's uh, the, the standard packed world races that you see all over are kind of the minority here. This is this is a Rhyphorian dragonkin civilization. They, uh, not that humanoids are frowned upon coming here, but being in the military, generally understood, Rhyphorians and dragonkin are all represented here a little higher than you'd see in, say, Absalom Station. I think Rhapsody probably feels more at home in a place that's uh, more serious and uh, practical. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, with the uh, the Iomedian Navy you're in, everyone's very regimented. Yeah, you probably feel uh, pretty comfortable around here. Uh, Akim, how do you feel about being here with all these squares? Uh, he's not really that bothered by it. Mm -hmm. uh, they, to the best of his knowledge, they have nothing against what he does, mm -hmm. and they're not exactly friends of Abadar Corps, so he, <laughs> okay. he's not got a big issue <laughs> with them. Uh, he is going to mind what he does and mind his presence okay. uh, while he's here. But ultimately, he, he doesn't feel horribly uncomfortable. Okay, no, that's good. And I didn't create the Abadar Core thing. That's something I've literally found in the book, and I just laughed uh, when I read that uh, the other day. So, uh, yeah, you continue along this commercial area. People are going about their business. Uh, and yet and you're going along with the traffic. You know, there's intersections and the like. Um you're stopped at a certain intersection and to your right you hear a school bell ringing and uh, the crosswalk ahead of you children of several races not just Rhyphorian and Dragonkin but a bunch of different races all wearing matching teal uniforms scamper across the street and uh, up the stairs uh, up, the, up the large ramps to a brick composite building uh, you, that, that school bell ringing it's kind of universal it's across I'm having it just be like everyone knows what a school bell sounds like. It's public domain, ding dong, <laughs> ding dong. 
if I'm honest, yeah, that's kind of why I said that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you so you see these kids are all scampering and they're they're having, you see them being friendly and playful and stuff. But you, you see the bell ring and they all kind of stop what they're doing and all run into uh, run into the building. As you go past this, you come to a large open plaza, where in the center is a is a gargantuan. I don't want to say gargantuan, gigantic building. But behind that building is a heavily reinforced walls and more sentry towers all around you um give me a perception check as you near this building 22 damn 16 okay uh with those awesome rolls you're both able to notice that the the panel on your inner cycle is indicating a light <laughs> to uh to to join the uh the line of vehicles going into the facility's motor pool it's basically just a parking garage uh but as you're going along there with that perception you're able to see the top of this building uh just barely above the wall uh but past the wall what you do see is uh there's several points of entrance all around this building huge balconies uh with your perception you're led to believe you know this is a world of dragons sometimes dragons come a call in and that's why these need these large balconies to support them uh you see uh also on these balconies, you see uh, smaller troops making uh, little sentry passes, uh, walking, taking their rounds, or whatever the technical term is. But on the top of the building, you see a giant troop transport. Uh, dotting the corners of these roofs, you see turrets slowly spinning in a bit of a robotic automated cycle. First, they'll do like a 360 scan, then back to start, and just constantly on patrol for the skies. And I'll roll that perception. Well, the perception was partly for this as well. Sometimes dragons have dragon fights, so these sentry, these these turret guns aren't just for the uh, the bears from the jungle. Sometimes they have to shoot down uh, alien, uh, enemy craft and enemy combatants. I think Rhapsody probably wishes she could fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you're you're in this line to go into the parking garage, and it's moving pretty swiftly. Everyone's kind of they got the routine down, they, but there's still a lot of people to process, so you're still having to go through. You go to the little uh, kiosk where there's the security guard, and it's not like an Earth security guard manning a, a parking garage. This one's attentive. They're checking every ID, but when they see you pull up and they see the vessel you're in, they just quickly wave you on, just not frantically, but just like, move along, move along. We don't need to see that you're you're either really brave for with that perception you're either really brave and stupid for stealing the high commander's vehicle or you were lent it so you're able to uh get past security no problem but as soon as you get in your panel on the inner cycle lights up again and immediately past the line there's a lift and there's a parking spot that says high commander ichera uh she's got a parking spot <laughs> well not difficult to know where to park then yep so yeah, uh, you you disengage the inner cycle, you dismount, and you're in this uh, dimly lit, uh, kind of bustling uh, parking garage right now. Hey, uh, hang out here for a second. I'm going to go ask that uh, guard if they've got a secure hangar base somewhere. All right. Uh, I I just trot along back over to where the guard was. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me. Yes, sir. Uh, the High Commander Echera, she gave us the car and or the cycle and told us to come here. She also said that we would be uh, given uh, free coverage of my ship for docking, but I didn't want to leave it outside the walls with uh, 
giant animals. Uh, is there a secure hangar somewhere I could place it? Uh, he'll, uh, and he's, he's dig through, uh, he'll open up, uh, communication. He'll open up his little laptop and, uh, prov- uh send over, just shoot over kind of like the way I'm kind of picturing is like, not everyone needs your number. If someone's going to send you specifically something they like grab it and kind of pinch it and throw it at you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he'll shoot over the coordinates to a, a private landing pad that's within these walls. Simply park yeah. your vehicle there and explain explain to the Dark Master that you were given this. I'm sure the High Commander has it well in hand. Thank you very much. And I'll head back over yep. and uh, I'll, I'll hold up like my data pad and be like, I've got to go here and talk to the Dark Master. All right. Well, I suppose I'll try to find our accommodations. Right. Uh, uh, you've got my calm. Hit me up when you find it. All right. And then uh, so that this doesn't take forever unless you, you want it to do something. I, I go talk to the Dark Master, explain the system or explain <laughs> yep. what happened. Yep. And, and another call just, coming yep. back. Okay, yeah, uh, just another uh, snappy uh, conversation with another guard. Uh, very matter-of-fact, doesn't really ask questions. If you're throwing around uh, High Commander Ichira's name, you'll pay for it on your own, so he he has no reason to, they have no reason to distrust anything if you say the name. Uh, just very, just not culty, but they just, they know the score, they know who their commander is, and yeah, uh, you're able to call down Karina, no problem. She parks, it's a... Uh, there's other vessels nearby. It's out in the open, but it's just behind these walls. So, I mean, this isn't like a walled in. This isn't a, sorry, this isn't a dome covered building. It's just think of like a fortress with that wall behind right. it. So, yeah, there's but plenty it, of spots. It's better than it sitting out on the public landing pad. Absolutely. Yep. And Karina lands. Uh, is there anything you need to uh, retrieve from uh, the Skull and Tones? Uh, probably not retrieve. I, I will actually down some of my gear actually i'll take the sheer and eye rifle back in and, and place it inside i don't okay. want to just be carrying that around okay. uh, but i will oh, keep uh, uh, real quick um you did several good perceptions this town is very open carry because of where they are people being armed is not a big deal at all everyone is armed everyone has guns it's not a big deal here because uh the threat is real the uh the, the military in you know, you can like retire out of the military here. You kind of got that vibe by people having day lives, but um, just being armed isn't necessarily a uh, a problem here. Uh, that, you... That's fair. I'm just okay. doing it because he's already got a dubstep cannon, a uh, a dubstep fist, a <laughs> okay. and a shocking pistol. Uh, so he doesn't also need to carry around a sniper rifle. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Um, I do have a question for you since you brought the Skull and Tones back. Is Ko coming out with you? Uh, I think if she tries to follow him out, he'll, like, shoo her back in. Okay. And now uh, we, we discussed uh, last time you, you spent about three, and I just listened last night, you spent about three weeks working with her. She, she goes to you for food. She trusts you to give her good food. I'll let you roll... It's not really animal handling. Give me a uh, just a charisma check to see okay. uh, how how endearing your uh, 
14 plus 2, so 16. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, uh, they, I, we, we kind of flip flopped on what gender it was. Uh, so, yeah, KO will, uh, Kale will uh, stalk back in, just kind of glaring at you, and you'll, you'll as you walk back towards uh, the the building proper, you see that Kale is sitting on the the pan the uh, control panel of your ship, and just kind of glaring at you as it's soaking in the uh, sun's rays. Uh, Karina, ignore all physical inputs and uh, maybe spit something out of the food processor. Confirmed, Akim. Uh. <laughs> And uh, I'll I'll ring up Rhapsody and see where she's at. Okay, uh, Rhapsody. While after he walked off, you saw another directory. Everything is very well labeled here. Uh, people people know where to go, but they also like to let people know that they you can't get lost here. It's it's uh, and you're able to find that there's a directory to a general uh, general a lobby within the building itself. You go into the the lobby area, and this room is like a. It's like the DMV if the DMV ran like the DMV should. Sure, there are tons of long lines, but everyone's moving. People are getting processed through. One of the shorter lines you go to, though, is uh, requisitions and acquisitions. And uh, behind that counter is kind of a... He seems a little bored, but uh, another Rhyphorian, because he doesn't have uh, not real stimulating work, just directing people to other places. Right. But uh, as you walk up, he's standing there purpose for visit madam well uh the high commander sent us said that we could have lodgings here there's me and one other is that two beds or one two any environmental control requirements to consider no i don't think so uh my companion is kasata so i guess not before you enter in case he doesn't have his face covered i just needed to know if you had an amphibian with you and uh, he'll, he'll punch into a computer and he'll pull out a little ticket. Um, room seven upstairs. The the rooms are adjoining, but you can lock it from either side if you wish. Uh, the high commander's paying for this, you say? Uh, she told us she would provide us with lodgings for our help. If uh, if there's any issue, of course, I will cover it. No, no issue. Just curious. We haven't had visitors. What did you help her with? Uh, there were a couple of bear monsters out there. Uh, he'll kind of like his his white fur, the skin beneath will kind of pale, and his eyes will go big. There were Ranonacs in town. They breached the walls. They weren't in town proper, I don't think. They were on the other side of the gate. And you stopped them? Well, not by myself. Uh, and he'll just relax. Uh, thank you for your service, ma'am. Here, please. Uh, and he's gonna assemble a couple flyers. Uh, uh, here is a voucher for uh, free room service for a meal. Uh, please uh, help yourself to anything. Those things they they took my ex-wife. Uh, or no, they took ex-wife. Ex-wife now. Uh, <laughs> those monsters they they killed my wife. Please, please on 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 me, please. And thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, he'll. He's just just nodding graciously, bowing. He's uh he's you got a pamphlet for uh the uh, the key cards for the room which you can carry with you. Uh, lo- local like tourism in Kimura. Uh, it's a very short pamphlet, but then there's a, <laughs> there's a, a menu of various uh, eateries around town. So yeah, I think when she she gets this stuff, she'll just send a like 
kind of a text message to Occam's Com, mm-hmm. telling that uh, upstairs, room seven, I have your key card and, and we have vouchers for a free meal. Okay. And are you going to go straight to the room? Yes. Okay. And uh, Akim, you get this message uh, walking back into the facility proper. Yeah. And I was just about to call him, but that answers a lot. <laughs> uh, I suppose he's not upstairs for me. <laughs> and I start heading off of the what I'm assuming is the roof. Uh, yep. 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 You make <laughs> you make your way to the lift and uh, you go to floor <laughs> down to floor one. Um Yep, and it's a nice carpeted, uh, uh, tastefully decorated hallways. Uh, very quiet, no, no rowdy ass kids running around. No gross stains on the floor. Just very nice, proper, standard artwork posted on the walls here and there. And you make your way to room seven, and you knock on the door, and uh, that's where we're going to leave this episode.